scene opens and we see a humble tavern, perhaps a bit run down, but a center of community in the village of Ravensfell. A roaring fire keeps the chill of the evening away as a man, bent with the weight of years, tells tales in front of the fire. And so, as the forces of Alderland marched north, the spellbinder gave himself fully over to his packs. Horrors beyond reckoning poured through holes between worlds as, Hey, put a brew in it, old man! Here's some money, and why don't you go ahead and tell us where Castle Weatherstone is? A uh, heavyset, balding man with a perpetual scowl leans forward and stabs a, a pudgy finger at the map you've got laid across the filthy table. Yeah. You'll find it here on the edge of these mountains. It's uh, Castle Weatherstone. Anything more will cost you more coin. These are the stories of noble heroes and wicked villains, of ordinary people and extraordinary deeds. These are Fortunes Untold. All right, welcome to the Fortunes Untold podcast. My name is Davery, and I'm here with Chad and Andrew. And this week, we're going to be playing and reviewing Forbidden Lands by Free League. And uh, Chad, why don't you tell us a little bit about this game, since you're going to be the one running it. All right. Well, uh, Forbidden Lands, like you said, is by Free League. And it's a what they call an open world, or a, rather a retro open world survival fantasy RPG. Um, unlike a lot of more recent fantasy RPGs, it's, uh, it doesn't assume that your heroes like sent on missions for the greater good or anything. You're... Uh, you're raiders, rogues, uh, scoundrels, if you will, bent on kind of taking gold and making your own mark on a on a cursed land. So right you know, and you guys have kind of looked at the the book and the rules a little bit, and you know, based on that, what do you uh, what do you guys kind of expecting out of this? I'm very hopeful about the battle system. I think it's uh, the, the the way they run their combats. It seems really kind of more of a positive than running on negatives. So I'm really looking forward to hacking up some people and. And uh, I'm looking forward to like I've, I've flipped through a little bit. I haven't looked at any of the uh, the world lore or anything, but just looking at the rules, like I really dig Pathfinder and D and D and all of those like the big high fantasy games. But like especially when I was a kid, I read a bunch of low fantasy stuff. You know, I read Conan, I read Fafford and Grey Mouser, I read Elric of Melnabone and all that stuff. So, but I've never played that. Like all my games aren't built to support the things that I always imagined. And this one seems like it more is. Yeah, I think you and I come from a sort of a similar background on fantasy. I was the same way. I always, I've always had a taste for the, the low fantasy, the little more of a hard scrabble right. side of, of fantasy rather than the super heroic, eventually become gods type of fantasy. So, yeah, I'm the same way. I'm sort of sort of looking forward to this just based on feel. I grew up with the Shannara series, so I'm only used to high fantasy. Okay. Um, and I have read Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, so I've got those too. So the, I, I know about Conan. I'm really looking forward to I always always like gravitate towards villains, though, so I think this is going to be a lot of fun for me. Yeah. Great. Like, especially like, like that and then like the movies that I watched when I was a kid, too, because... Let's be honest, man. 80s fantasy movies, they were low budget. So yep. you never had like crazy teleporting and dragons and all this stuff. You just had Arnold Schwarzenegger standing behind a suspiciously painted rock. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I will say Lady Hawk is one of the best fantasy movies of our time. Hey, man, don't forget Beastmaster. 
Oh, Lord. There you go. <laughs> yeah, see? Where his superpower is having rodents. Yeah. <laughs> Two ferrets. The, makes you more powerful than a normal man without What ferrets. was it? Hodo and Podo? Yep. Yep. <laughs> I can't believe I remember that after all these years. I can't either. Uh, well, and that on that note of making me feel incredibly old, let's move on, shall we? All right. So, um... So yeah, so talking about this game, like we said, we mentioned it's it's kind of like retro and old school. Like I've we've made characters already. Yep. And I know we're gonna mostly talk about characters as we are actually getting into the nitty gritty. But like looking at it, I mean, they're pretty straightforward. There's four attributes: strength, agility, wits, empathy, uh, a host of skills. But there's, I mean, there's not a ton, a ton of skills. It looks like maybe twenty or so. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then just like, oh yeah, you got a couple other things, and they don't really matter so much. Get to fighting. Yeah, I mean, it's the system is pretty straightforward. Um, I mean, it's a simple attribute plus skill plus gear uh, dice pool system. It pretty much, they pretty much straight up caution you against, you know, extraneous roles. It's roll when it's dramatically appropriate or needed. Right. So, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking it should be, should be interesting. As a noob, I like that idea. Um, I've played some Pathfinder and some other, some other fancy games, and I really like the simplicity of the die roll. I think, uh, especially the way you build your characters and how it runs out, like it's taken me no time at all to actually become acquainted and confident in what I'm doing. I don't feel like I'm lost, which is awesome. And I know, like, one of the thing is the the character types that you get here are super weird because, like, Andrew, I, I know I wanted to talk to you. I want you to talk rather about your character because you're not even playing like your standard. Like, check me out. I'm a Hobbit. You're playing a weird guy. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Wolfkin fighter, um, which is kind of cool. Like the I like the idea of like. Playing a, a werewolf, like what I really liked about it too is um, the you get the the pride and the dark secret, mm-hmm. and that can really play into your character build base, especially with um, so the, my dark secret is I secretly enjoy inflicting pain on others. I don't know what that says about me as a person, but uh, <laughs> as a as a wolfkin, it, it says that like it really adds to just gives you that slight input, which and is enough to really flesh out a lot of your character. Right, and so as a wolf, like like you kind of all had mentioned, like you're just like a giant humanoid wolf guy, yeah. right? Like like you say, like you you're like a werewolf. <laughs> I, I like especially with this being low fantasy and not like as high as some other ones. I really like the idea of like these just giant wolf people walking around, like it, like it's a normal <laughs> thing. It really shows how kind of dark the setting is too. Right, and another thing I think that's kind of interesting for me is like, I'm playing a dwarf. I am playing the generic fantasy sort of character, <laughs> but I'm playing a peddler. I'm literally playing. I, I'm playing the NPC class, basically. I'm playing a merchant, <laughs> and and it's a viable class in Forbidden oh, Lands. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I get a lot of really useful stuff in this character that I'm dying to try out. Oh yeah, and from from the GM's perspective, uh, having run through some of this, you know, both character creation and world generation, it's actually there's a a large number of tools for generating villages and adventure sites and NPCs and and treasures. It's very much geared towards a pick-up-and-go style of play um, rather than, you know, a lot of planning and plotting and having to map everything out and detail everything. Uh, And that's really, particularly for a GM that's strapped for time, which many of us are, that's really, with just a little bit of creativity, that's tremendously helpful. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Just sit down and get get to the fun part, get to the gaming. Oh, yeah. Well, and speaking of that, why don't we uh, why don't we do that? Let's get to some gaming. Sounds great. Fog drifts like shredded souls through the windswept mountain pass you traverse. As the fog disperses for a moment, you see the crumbling stronghold of Weatherstone rise against the northern side of the mountain pass, surrounded by a moat filled with muddy water. 
The landscape is barren. Only thorny bushes and sharp grass survive in these lands. It's quiet. Apart from singing and strange animal sounds, the likes of which you've never heard before. Naked bones from horses and humans are strewn along the road closest to the stronghold. The light of a fire burns in the watchtower to the front of the stronghold, and the smell of food drifts on the wind. A dour-faced dwarf with an almost comically oversized backpack turns and looks at his companion and says, Well, Onken, looks like somebody's beating us here. We better hope there's something that we can there's something in there for us to still scrounge, because we're down to our last two coins to rub together after buying the location. The much larger Wolfkin beside him glances down with a wicked grin. Even so, Wolfred, if they've got it, we'll take our fair share. As the uh, two companions turn and uh, proceed forward, comes into view from the mist, a ragged watchtower stands like a newborn next to the stronghold rune on the cliff behind it. Vines cling to the weathered walls and trails of smoke rise from the cave-in roof. Someone has a fire going. Well, what do you think, Alkin? Should we just go ahead and go through the front door? it's not their place I'm gonna pull my blade we could always knock why don't we go say hello and yeah we will walk directly up the front steps all right and this was just a pretty simple circular watchtower once upon a time so all the interior floors have pretty much fallen it's just sort of an open space as you walk in you see a, a human old man well older man Short gray beard, long hair, pulled back in a ponytail, backpack, well-oiled leather armor. Um, sits to the far side of a fire where a brace of rabbits hang, roasting. Uh, to his side, you notice there's a, a small loot. As he uh, looks up, he, he waves. Friends, welcome. Please sit. Well met, old man. My name's Wolfred. This is my friend and partner, Alkin. I wonder if we could share your fireplace. Sit. I've had enough uh, enough luck with the uh, game for everyone. I am Dalb. I, uh, well, I am a bard. I, I've uh, taken the opportunity to travel these lands more than <laughs> has been available in the past, and eh, this seemed like a reasonably sheltered place. I assume you're here to uh, explore the ruins behind us, eh? Pleasure to make your acquaintance. I always enjoy a good song. I'm not much for singing these days, but I can certainly play. And he, he sort of strums the lute. So, here for fortune and glory, are you? Is there anything else worth it? I suppose that depends on your uh, on your point of view. The uh, <laughs> Your predecessors that came through not too long ago uh, seem to think the same. So, uh, what about you? Why are you here? You're a... Uh... I, I can't imagine that the uh, the boars and the rabbits love to hear the loot that much. Simply passing through the mountain on my way to uh, other villages and, and such beyond, I, uh, <laughs> I am not foolish enough to explore ruins such as these on my own. This, as I said, simply a place out of the weather to, to stop for a bit before I move on. You, however, I'm, as I said, I'm sure you're here to explore the ruins, but uh, unfortunately also you're not the first. Okay, so I, now's a good chance for us to start up this review in. Uh, I want to see this. This guy's kind of weird, right? I mean, yeah. this is, it's just some dude hanging out in a cavern or in, a, in an abandoned watchtower. I'd like to, to do a uh, 
sense hinky sort of thing and see what's going on here. Sense hinky. Yeah, exactly. Do you have that skill, the hinky sense skill? I, I think I do because I have a skill called insight, and I okay. believe that's what that is. All right. Well, let's uh, give it a try. Okay, so insight on the sheet has behind it wits, which is one of the four attributes. So if I'm right here, I take a number of dice equal to my attribute mm -hmm. and a number of dice equal to my uh, skill, in this case one, and roll that. Just to let you, um, the listeners know, it does actually recommend you have different colored dice so that when you... Roll, when you're rolling, you can distinguish which are for which area. Correct, because it does, under certain circumstances, uh, it does matter where those dice come from. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, in this particular case, it may not make a difference, but yeah, you, you want to know which, which pool, if you will, your dice come from. All right. So uh, am I right there? So it's basically the three plus one? for the... yeah, yeah, skill plus attribute. Okay. For and Hanky. you're looking for sixes. Looking for sixes. Let me roll. I got a six. All right. In this particular case, if you're trying to read him, he's going to try. It's going to try and oppose you. Oh, okay. So how does that work? Uh, essentially, the same way. It's a uh, attribute plus skill roll on his part, except he would be using manipulate okay. instead of insight. And essentially, the largest number of sixes wins. All right. So yeah, this says uh, I have manipulation also as a peddler, and uh, that says empathy. So. That's his manipulation plus empathy versus my lore plus wits, or insight plus wits. He got one six. Okay, so... So it pretty much cancels out at this point, I think. Now, what you could do is you could push. Okay. And pushing is essentially... Did you get any ones on your rolls? No. Okay. Um, pushing is essentially you take all of the dice that were not ones or sixes and you roll them again. Okay. And you're looking for additional successes. Now, if you had ones, those become banes. And bad things happen because they become active on a push. But in this case, you didn't. So if you want, you could go ahead and push to, to uh, attempt to get more successes and beat his uh, opposed role. Okay, so uh, what, what are the rules for pushing? Like, I mean, I know you've said that, but is it like, there anything like you can only push once per session? or um, It's essentially once per attempt. Pretty much any time there is a skill roll, unless the situation changes significantly, any given player can only make one attempt to succeed. So you can make one set of one skill roll and one push, and that's it. All um, right, sure. I'll I'll refocus, squint harder, give him the real like hairy eyeball, and right. I'll try and push. Oh, Whoa! So you picked up another couple of sixes. An, it looks like yeah, two more. So a total of three sixes. All right, so... Uh, so does he push him over? <laughs> I stare so hard, it pushes him over. <laughs> he falls over into the fire. It's not that kind of push. Screams the truth. Um, yeah, you kind of look... He, you do distinctly get the feeling that there is more he's not telling you. Um, you, get the, you also get the distinct feeling that he's not malicious... You just get the, just a, an overall feeling of amusement from him. Like, he just finds something funny about this whole thing. I don't, I don't like that. I don't so like finding I have a question. Because I'm a big, burly wolf man, um, and I have a big, burly sword, um, the, I don't see anything for, like, intimidate. Is there any way, like, you would, what would you use to coerce 
a through intimidation, I guess. Would you think it would be? Well, that would be covered by manipulation. Manipulation. Um, yeah, manipulation pretty much covers charm, threats, sensible reasoning, <laughs> uh, anything of the sort. Do you have manipulation? Of course, I have manipulation. Okay, why don't you? Uh, I don't know how you would want to manipulate. We could we could go the the threat level or. Well, I just I was I was kind of happy with just knowing there's something up and just kind of okay interacting from there. That works. And, uh, Maybe I'm just getting into my character too much. I just want to stab everyone. I mean, you could make that roll. Can I just, can I just walk over and stab him? No, <laughs> if you really want to. Uh, I mean. I'll, I'll just full on stab him. I, I don't trust this guy. No, I'm just kidding. So, um, so I think I'm looking at this correctly because I'm kind of thumbing through the book as we're talking. I think there is something that lets you regain willpower when you push, but I think it's by failures, not successes, which... Fortunately, unfortunately, I didn't get. So Yeah, um, essentially, you get willpower when you push, but only if you have Banes. Okay. There has to be Banes. Even if they don't necessarily cause anything, you have to have rolled some ones okay. on your on your push to, in order to get willpower. So even when you fail, you get you something. You get a little something out okay. of it. And that's what I like this ga- about this game. is like even when you fail, you've got some chance of redemption. There's no, it's not a complete loss, which for storytelling purposes or for embracing a story, Always makes that a bit better instead of, you just suck at this. So, yeah, I can't believe I'm going, man, I kind of wish I'd rolled a couple of ones. I got some, <laughs> I got some willpower talents I need. It kind of changes the way you feel about like, certain games. You're so used to roll like, sixes, yes, but I'm not got any ones. Yeah, there's sort of a theme of uh, succeeding through hardship that seems to run through this game. <laughs> oh, I succeeded. <laughs> okay. Oh, man. All right. Uh, so, so, yeah, the bard is still is sitting there after you two have had your sort of staring contest. He he takes just a a pipe like a simple clay clay pipe out of his uh out of his pouch and he packs it with some tobacco takes an ember from the fire and starts puffing away. He just sits why back. Why don't you tell us more about these people who uh, had their misfortunes here in Castle Weatherstone? Oh, I can't speak to the, whether or not it's been misfortune, but you aren't the first to uh, to ask about it this evening. In fact, uh, a man named Ezgar Farthing and uh, and some men. Uh, they shared this this camp very recently, in fact, a couple of hours ago. Uh, they seek, apparently, the weapon of King Algrod, the mighty sword Rustbite. Uh, Esker is an uh, unpleasant and an impatient man and uh, left for the stronghold immediately. Uh, because of that, there's something I never told them, but you fellows might find it useful as you've proven to be more pleasant company than they were. He takes a puff on his uh, on his pipe. Kind of glad I didn't stab him at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew <laughs> violence wasn't the answer? I've, I presume, since you're here, you've heard the legends of Weatherstone and its history, of the king and and his legion, and such. I told the dude in the bar to shut up, <laughs> so I guess we didn't get to hear them. We might have been distracted during that. Uh. Well, the uh, undead legions of King Algarad, they, they lie in eternal rest now, but Weatherstone is still a dangerous place. Uh, as I understand, in the cellar there lurks some sort of unholy beast, uh, a creature so vile it can rip the limbs from a full-grown man. But it's said that there is a way to slay it, the, the very sword of King Algarad. To uh, find the sword is to find a way to kill the beast. Kill the beast, and I'm sure treasure awaits so you say it's Simple, called no? rust bite. Rust bite, yes. Sounds like maybe it, uh, maybe it has a special hatred for the uh, 
the cult of the Rust Brothers. That is possible. King, uh, King Algarod was known as a cruel man himself, however, so huh, that may have simply been professional jealousy. Once again, the failures of men will be the successes of wolves. Huh. Rabbit, I believe they are quite they are, uh, they are ready at this point, gentlemen. Thank you, friend. Hey, Olkin, why don't you pull out that map? Let's, uh, let's show our friend here the easiest way to Ravensfell. You do a, a kind turn by us, we'll do a kind turn by you. Yeah, much appreciated. I, uh, I intend to perhaps camp here the night and then move on first thing in the morning. I have no desire to get caught on the road. If strange things have been afoot in the land over the last bit. He doles out the rabbit Looks at your map, makes a makes the note on his. Much appreciated. Good met friend. So yeah, let's let's tear into these rabbits. They're simple. I mean, simply roast rabbits, no no seasoning, but it's fresh food, and you've been on the road for a few days, right. so it's uh, it's still delicious. Yeah, so I know this game. Like this game seems to have a lot of uh, resource management baked bit, into yeah. everything that it does, which is awesome because it it gives you a chance to. To do uh, a lot of like background building that you don't necessarily get in a lot of the other games, but I've noticed that like your consumables, your food, your water, things like that, you already have dice like that. So I guess normally, since since we're already here, we're we're able to just eat this food as part of the adventure. But normally, we would have to do something there to. Um, yeah, the way it works essentially, the the game is oriented towards, as I said, it's sort of a retro survival fantasy RPG. It's very much oriented towards hex crawling, or mm -hmm. what they used to call hex crawling. So, you know, here on the on the table, the listeners can't see it, but in the Forbidden Lands book, there is a map of the Raven's Land, and it's all hexed out, and it has ruins marked and whatnot. And essentially, as you travel, you sort of have to keep up with hunger and thirst, but it's not really in a bookkeeping way. Essentially, you know, as you said, if you look on your character sheet, you have rations. And, for example, I think uh, Olkin has a D8 worth of rations. And essentially what happens there is when it's time to, to eat functionally, which is basically once a day, you, uh, if I remember correctly, or quarter day, you make a roll. As long as you don't roll a one, you've got enough rations to, to carry on. You've not significantly dented your supplies. If you roll a one or a bane, your die type steps down because you've permanently used rations. So his D8 of rations may become a d6 of rations okay and then if he fails again he may run out of rations entirely and so at that point then starvation begins to set in and thirst and all of that uh, now of course you have survival and you know you can hunt and whatnot but rather than just being a straight ticking off you know i've got 10 days worth of iron rations right there's just know. it Kind of less bookkeeping, yeah. just to, to keep the, the cinematic feel going. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but there's always a possibility that you may be in the middle of nowhere and suddenly you're out of rations because they spoiled or rats got into it or what have you. Which gives it kind of more of the fantasy feel. It's not like so orchestrated. I also like the, the way they work the weight management in your different items. They use tiny, light, medium, and large, right? Yeah, or heavy, heavy, essentially. Yeah, rather than having you know specific weights and having to keep track of that sort of thing, it's just pretty much by the the size or the bulk of the item. Yeah. Okay. So you you spend a little time with uh, with Dalb, you know, just chatting of things of 
little consequence in enjoying your uh, your roast rabbit. But eventually, the the time comes to move on and you know seek your fortune in the ruins. Right. So I, I'm I'm thinking maybe uh, if it's nighttime, maybe we rest for the evening and then we just get up in the morning explore this because. I'm not like those people in a vampire movie. I'm not going to go hunting undead at like midnight. I'm smarter than that. Scared are you? Are you scared really? Maybe scared a little more. Using logic to get through a fantasy campaign is just insane. <laughs> All right. So you, uh, you essentially bed down for the night. Um, the night passes uneventfully. Nothing uh, you're a little disturbed by, again, strange sort of animal sounds seem to come from the keep off and on. The, like, loud birds, and at the same time, what sounds almost like the roaring of a large cat at one point. It's muffled and indistinct, but strange all the same. Okay, have you ever heard anything like that before? No. <laughs> <laughs> but it's freaking me out, and I kind of want to chase it. <laughs> not a wagon you don't have to chase the tires yeah but just that kind of meowing noise annoys the crap out of me all right so the again the night passes not uneventfully but nothing nothing uh dangerous happens the dawn breaks um uh, as you as you wake dalb is packing his his belongings to to step out on the road well gentlemen I wish you the best of luck in uh, in Weatherstone. Perhaps our paths will cross again. Well met, Dalb. And to you as well. And he heads on down the pass in the direction you guys originally came from. And we're going to head towards this castle. I want to get hands on this sword. I want to. Right. All right. So the the way this is set up, essentially, the watchtower is on a small hill off to the side of the road, essentially set up and away from the castle itself. Mm-hmm. Um the road swings around and you come to what is functionally the main gate of the castle. Um, the drawbridge to the main gate has rotted through and fallen into the moat. Uh, the water is cloudy and foul-smelling and unknown creatures move in the depths, sending ripples through the algae that, that clings to its surface. Um, Please point, don't fall in there. It stinks. I can smell it from here. At this point, you need to find a way across. I don't even have an old, a wolfkin nose, and I can smell it. All right. So, um, not to steal anything from Tolkien, does it look like I can chuck a dwarf across a bridge? Is it like little bits in the end? Is the middle falling out, or does it look like the bridge is completely gone? Uh, mostly the bit bridge is completely collapsed. The chains are still there, and they're sort of clinging to like a little stub. Okay. Of bridge, but the bulk of it has just rotted away and fallen into the moat. And there shall be no dwarf chucking today. And how deep is how deep is the hole before you get to the water? The, the drop from where the bridge was to the water is probably about six feet, um, but it's not sheer on the other side. You could pull yourself up onto the bank and then get up into the into the uh, gatehouse at this point. But we'd have to go in the water to do that. Um, barring finding something to span the gap. Does it look like there's anything around? Like, um, you, you look around, you actually, yeah, actually you do find nearby, um, sort of off to the side, you actually do find some, uh, half-rotted timber, mm-hmm. sort of haphazardly stacked 
in the in the bushes, functionally off to the side of the road. Um, it's not in great shape, but you think it'll probably hold your weight? Let's try and see if we can't make a, some sort of bridge out of that. All right. So you're going to try and make a makeshift bridge to right. get across the moat? Exactly. And I'm a dwarf. I got crafting. All right. Well, you know what? Let, give me a crafting roll, and let's uh, see if you can put this together well enough to get you across. Okay. And I'm looking through. I surprisingly don't have any tools of any sort. So, <laughs> so it's just... Uh, have you got any rope? I do have rope. Just tie it together, like yeah. Actually, I'll let you use the rope uh, as a to add a gear dice to your whatever the rating for the rope is. Add your uh, add a gear dice to your uh, roll. Fantastic. Well, rope is just one, so it, right. that adds one gear die to my roll. All right. All right. Let's get this together. All right. So you said that ones do or do not cancel out successes when you roll. They this. do not cancel out successes. Ones only come into play if you push. Okay, well, I'm not going to push, so I got one six and <laughs> two ones. Uh, yeah, typically they do not cancel it out, and most of the time, barring extremely difficult or extremely easy circumstances, you just need one six to succeed. Okay. Um, there are times where the gym can apply modifiers. So, for example, I could say you need at least two sixes, for example, to succeed. But for this, no, one six is fine. So you you managed to lash some uh, some crude timber together and make it just long enough that it rests on the far side of the uh, of the of the moat. Uh, like I said, timber's rotten, but you you think after working with it, you think it'll hold. Well, it's a poor craftsman who isn't willing to try his own work. So uh, I'll go ahead and go first. I'm gonna let you. <laughs> so you're you step on it and it it dips. Like, the timber sort of sags the instant you step on it, but it kind of springs back, and it seems like it's holding. Oh, gods and ancestors, protect me. <laughs> okay. And let me make one roll here. I'd, as soon as you said the, the wood was, was a bit rotten, I knew there was going to be rolls involved. <laughs> All right, so as you are... Actually, let me... I need to check the rules for a sneak. All right, Davery, so I'm going to need you to make an opposed check against the roll I just made, and I got three successes. Oh, man. Uh, you're going to be using your scouting for this. Okay, well, actually, scouting is one of my highest skills, so that, that's fine by me. <laughs> Famous last words and all that. Oh, I didn't say it's going to be definitely successful, but all right, let's, <laughs> get the, uh, let's get my sad little attribute dice, my bigger skill dice. Um, let's see what we got here. All right. Oh, I got two successes. Oh, so close. So close. And yet, so far. And now you say, from if I'm right here, I can't push to try and get more? You cannot. Um, in an opposed check, only the attacker uh, can push. Oh, and man. you are the victim, if you will. So, nope, unfortunately not. I will not. <laughs> so, on that note... So as you're getting to about the middle part of this makeshift bridge, and it's you're, you're trying to maintain your balance because it's kind of sagging and swaying a little bit, the water underneath you begins to kind of roil, and all of a sudden a this purple and reddish tentacle comes bursting out of the water covered in spines and tries to ensnare you off of the, uh, off of the bridge. And since it passed its self-check against your scouting... It gets to take a free swipe at you. So this tentacle lashes out at you. Let's see what happens. It fails. Uh, no. 
No, it does not. Two sixes. Um, well, in this particular instance, it hits you and it automatically grapples you. So... I don't suppose it's like a friendly chance. Hey, you want to buy some Girl Scout I've seen Japanese animation. Like there's such <laughs> thing as a friendly tentacle. <laughs> well. All right. So essentially this tentacle lashes out. It wraps around the dwarf. And Oaken, you see this. It wraps around Wolfred and yanks him off the bridge into the water. Isaac first bony ankles. <laughs> Sploosh. Wolfred. All right. And now we're going to go into initiative. Good. Because <laughs> this is where I come now, this is one of the stranger parts, to me at least, of the system, is that initiative is based on cards. Uh, essentially, card, well, numbered cards, 1 through 10. So just like regular playing cards. Yeah, just regular playing cards. I mean, you could write it on a piece of paper, I suppose. But yeah, right. cards numbered 1 through 10, lower is better. So, you know what? I'll just let you each just draw off the top. All right. And I've got mine, so let's see what we got. <laughs> I'm going last. I got a 10. <laughs> I got the ace. Oh. Dwarf is greased thunder. I got a seven. All right. Well, that's actually really, really good for Wolfred, I guess. Yes. All right. So the way uh, the way combat works functionally is you have either a slow action and a fast action or two fast actions. Slow actions include things like melee attacks, um, Slow actions include things like uh, melee attacks, taunting your opponent, casting spells, that sort of thing. A little bit more involved things. Fast actions are dodging, parrying, drawing your weapons, uh, fainting, using readily available items, uh, moving around the battlefield. Those are fast actions. Okay. So, Wolfred, at this point, since you are grappled, uh, the only action you can actually perform is break free. And that's to attempt to get free of the tentacle. Now, I also was reading, you can actually switch actions with me so I can go first. Oh, yeah, that, that was right. You, you can swap out your cards with other PCs so you can change your initiative order. On yes, you can. At the beginning of the round, the beginning of the combat or the beginning of the combat round, players can trade initiatives. So if, for example, you wanted a Wolfkin to go first, you could give him your initiative. You know what? Yeah, he's got a lot more combat capability than I do. So I would like for him to go first. Okay. Now, I will also say that, before you, before you do that, I will also say that you can aid another functionally in combat. So you can help. So, for example, the break free that you would have to do to break free from grapple, it's an opposed melee check against this monster. Okay. You could, aiding another breaks the initiative order. Okay. So he can act on your turn to aid you against this. And what that would be, in his case, he would lose an equivalent action. So break free is a slow action. He would give up his slow action this round to attempt to help you to break free from that tentacle. I could do that option, or we could try and have him attack. Yes. And... I'm just giving you your options before, you know, before we go into it. Right. I appreciate that. Well, I'm looking at it... You know what? That actually may not be a terrible idea. So to break free, is it just, like, could I describe that as Wolfred pulls his dagger out and stabs the tentacle so I can get my gear bonus to that? You know what? Yeah, I would be perfectly fine with that. Okay. Uh, so that makes sense. You pull your dagger off your belt and just start stabbing at it to loosen its grip. 
Okay, yeah. so why don't I try that? Would you be, with Andrew, would you be willing to, to yeah. aid another with this? Okay. okay. And what his help gives you is essentially a plus one skill die. Okay. So it basically upgrades your melee skill by an additional d6. Okay, well, I will do that. So I will take my, my strength dice, my melee die, which gets <laughs> doubled oh. by the aid another of my, my business partner. And then I have a plus one from a knife so that's a gear bonus? That is a gear die, yes. Okay. All right. Well, that gives me a lot more dice than I thought I had. All right. All and the, and it's, it's an opposed check. of the rainbow in die. Now, remember, this is an opposed check, and you are the attacker. That means you can push Okay. as well. All right. So. But push it deeper into the water. I see some sixes. Oh, I see a lot of sixes. Three of them. All right. Let's see what I come out with here. I get no sixes. Nice. I got... Three fives. <laughs> so no need no to push sixes. there. No, no need to push. Um, so, yeah, you reach down to your belt and you grab your dagger and just sink it into the tentacle. And it it must not be used to anything really fighting back because it just recoils and you slip free. Um, at this point, you find yourself in the moat. It's For the dwarf, it's probably about chest high. It's not as deep as you thought, but you are now chest deep in like high chest, like look, bottom of your throat, deep in really rank, scummy water. I had some experience with that. But now we're on to the next initiative, which I do believe is uh, Olken. But you now have you can do a you can still do a fast action. I can do a fast action, but I can't do a slow action, which means that I can't attack, right? Correct. But you can do a run action, which is basically moving about the battlefield. Okay. Um, you can. Draw your weapon. You know, you can uh, you can do it. And frankly, I'm perfectly okay with you drawing your weapon as part of a, a run action in this particular instance because you're not actively in melee. Well, I have actually been wanting to try the uh, long range mechanics. Okay. So can I run up to the edge and while I'm doing it, pull the spear, the short spear I've got off my back for throwing? You know what? Why not? Let's go cool. for it. So uh, next turn, I'll. Uh... All right. So you you go skidding up to the bank and you know pulling your spear off your back. I run up to the bank and I'm screaming, Wilfred, the whole time, pulling the spear out of my back and just getting ready to take aim. All right. Well, it is its turn. So it uh, it kind of rises up out of the water. And what you see is this sort of, looks like some sort of mutated octopus almost. It's got multiple tentacles around the central body with one sort of bulbous eye staring at you but the, the texture of its skin is almost like cracked leather and it lashes out at you again ouch that's going to be three successes so the way that works and he no, no, parry. I was about to say I have the defender talent which allows me to oh. always parry alright well there you go so you uh, yes you can in fact well you can uh, you can always parry you said yes. not parry or dodge just parry okay all right. Well, in that case, yeah, you can uh, you can do a reactive action, which is a parry or a dodge. Uh, in this particular instance, you're going to parry. Right, and I assume I couldn't do that before because a sneak attack or a surprise. So I, I didn't mention it then because I'm I was under the assumption of you can't do it when you don't know what the attack is. Correct. Yeah, you you're una- you were unable to react to it because you didn't know it was coming. Right. Um, so yeah, essentially at this point, you are going to. Uh, Perry, you're going to try and block his attack. At this point, it is a uh, melee plus the it's melee attribute and 
Actually, I am not sure. In this particular instance, it actually says melee and gear bonus. It doesn't say anything about the attribute. So he's already got his knife pulled. That's Would that true. be an extra gear? Well, yeah, I would give you the gear bonus from that. Um, that's interesting. It does not say that you get your attribute bonus. Okay, that. well, that's... So, um, in that case, I, I kind of wonder then... So, I only have a melee of one and a uh, bonus of one. So, the maximum I can roll is two successes. You have to, Is it a, a, a binary thing? Is it succeed, fail, or do you knock points off so I can maybe reduce the damage? Um, I, in this particular instance, I would... Yeah, every... Uh, sorry, yeah, actually, every... Yeah, every success eliminates a success from the attacker's roll. Okay, so it's what it comes still worth to. it for me to try. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I, fi- I do find it weird that, yeah, you do not get your... It does not appear that you get your... Okay, actually, I'm going to rule that you do get your attribute on it. Because okay. under slow actions, for example, slash, it just says roll melee plus the weapon's gear bonus. And I know you should get your strength on melee, yeah. as far as I'm aware. So... I think it's just a phrasing thing. Okay. So regardless, at this point, I'm going to rule that, yes, you can use your attribute. Oh, thank goodness. Okay. (laughs) That's that's way more die. That makes it much more likely for you to succeed. Okay. So, yeah, I will go ahead and roll. I just want to add one other note in. It may be a good idea for you to have a die rolling box because there's a lot of die that goes out here. Yeah, this is is almost bucket of dice level. Well, unfortunately, I only got one six, and I assume that even though the parry isn't a, a, a... active role it's still quick defender so i can't push correct okay. yeah it's uh, as far as i'm aware you cannot push uh dodges or parries okay well i still got one success so that at least knocks a little damage yeah so that knocks one success die off um unfortunately there are still two success die so what happens is this this tentacle just slams into you i mean you can feel a rib crack but you're wearing armor i am wearing armor so what happens with armor is you are going to... Yes, fortunately, I am wearing uh, leather armor and a studded leather helmet because apparently those two things are separate in this game. They are. They are actually considered uh, separate. So, what, for armor, what you're going to do... Uh, so, you've suffered damage from physical attack. What you're going to do, roll a number of gear dice equal to your total armor rating. Okay, so... so just straight case, gear dice. So, in this case, it's three dice uh, because they do stack, right? Because it's two Your helmet three. and your armor? Yes. Yes, they do stack. Okay, so, yeah, that stacks and makes it a total of three. Okay, so... I got no successes. Ah, so unfortunately, uh, did you get any ones? No ones. Okay, just so that's good. No successes. Um, so unfortunately, what happens is this thing just smashes through your armor. Unfortunately, uh, also, because it penetrated your armor, your armor takes damage. Okay. Your armor rating has just gone down by one. So it's up to you whether or not you want that to come off your uh, helmet or body armor. I will leave that to you. Well, I think I'm going to save my armor because I don't know for sure, and I don't really want to stop the combat to look it up, but that would take my helmet from a one to a zero, and I feel like that would probably be some sort of like destroy Yeah, effect. that would actually destroy it, yes. So I'm going to say that's just going to take one off my armor. Okay. So this thing slams into you, and at this point, you've suffered two points of damage. So... Basically, there are no hit points in Forbidden Lands. It's all attribute damage. You've just taken two points of damage to your strength. Okay. So your strength is currently and effectively reduced by two. So I've taken that damage. Does that mean my strength is lowered? So from now on, when I'm making, like, say, melee attacks, I make them with a lower strength? Correct. Yeah. Ooh. So once you start taking damage, 
you're just statistically likely to keep taking yeah. more and more. Yeah, because you're you're hurt. You're you know much more realistic. But oh man. But yeah, it could be bad. None of that. I have 200 hit points and I took 199, so I'm fighting fine. No, there's no falling off a mountain, dusting yourself off, and walking away because you still got one hit point left. Uh huh. Okay. Well, let's uh. Ooh, we might see the uh, the rules on death and dying here. <laughs> That's why I let the dwarf go first. <laughs> okay, so uh, so now that we have moved around, I'm actually okay if we want to swap initiatives again. <laughs> then you can go first, and maybe I can react to hopefully you doing massive amounts of damage to this thing. Uh, actually, I would like to do some massive amounts of damage. All right, so if you guys want to swap initiatives, it's the top right, of the round. So here, go ahead. you take my card, I will take your card. Hearts have been treated. Hey, hey, it's an octopus, all right? All okay. right? Come on. I'm going to call him Jerry. Of course you are. Jerry the octopus. Or lunch. Um, Calamari. Calamari. So, as I'm standing above this thing and just see it whack my friend, I'm going to rear back with my uh, spear and take a go at that big, at it. big pretty eye. All right, so that would be, uh, this is a throwing spear, I'm presuming strength plus ranged, or actually... Well, I don't know. Is it there a throwing spear? Ma- marksman? Yeah, the, oh, sorry, marksman. Uh, or sheets. would it be agility? Yeah, the sheets has marksmanship and agility. Okay, so it I is did. agility for the spear. Because like in other games, for example, Pathfinder, throwing weapons are somewhat based off your strength. Ah. Somewhat, not entirely. but I've got four die, four strength. Uh, for agility, sorry. Uh, one for marksman. And then the spear is also a... It's a plus two. Oh, nice. Yeah, so you've um, actually got a pretty decent number of dice. Uh, seven. Wow, right. yeah. This is why you need the box, because they're about to go everywhere. <laughs> Freedom for dice. Oh. Oh, I'm seeing a lot of sixes. My friend. Um, <laughs> we don't like to talk about that one. Yeah, we don't have to talk about that one. But, yeah, I got two sixes. All right, and now that is added to the weapon's base damage, which I believe for throwing spear is one. Yeah. So that's actually three points of points of damage. damage. You could push. You could push. Yeah, yeah but I've got a true. one. Well, that's true. So wait, I, I, you know what? As this is a, a one shot. Let's go for it. That's right. Let's try right. these rules, man. So pushing some combat. Now, um, was that? Where did that one come from? What dice pool did it come out? It of? came from my. Uh, uh, from your skill or? Attribute? Yeah, it came from my attributes. Okay, in that case, that does that vein does activate. Okay, so what would happen okay. then? Um, so you basically, at this point, roll all the dice that were not ones or sixes. Okay. Um, and I got another six. All right. So that's actually four damage. However, since that came from your attribute, yes. and it's a bane, on a push, banes become active. And in this case, since it was from your agility, you just took a point of agility damage. Oh, okay. Because you, like, you maybe like twinged your shoulder by yeah. throwing it through two. Yeah, agility Divide. is physical fatigue and exhaustion. Okay. So yeah, you you know, you were in a hurry, you hurled the spear with all your might, and yeah, you kinda threw out your shoulder a little bit. Yeah. However Willpower? You do get a point of willpower, yes, because you had a bang. First person to get willpower in this game. But this thing has no armor, so it's... it is going to attempt to dodge. It's not very good at that. <laughs> Let's just say. So, <laughs> I could just imagine this giant octopus like to dodge this Matrix Neo style. Okay. All right. So yeah, this thing is not great, but no, it is not good at all. <laughs> I got nothing above a four. Nice. So the uh, you know you're facing this this tentacle thing basically eye to eye in the water, and all of a sudden the spear comes 
flying out of, out from above you and strikes it right in the eye. And this thing screeches and just starts flailing around and just a fountain of blood is coming out from the spear. And then it starts to go weaker and weaker and then just eventually falls limp, sinks. So uh, Wolfred is going to both hands grab that spear and push it in slightly and then pull it back out because that spear is precious. You can't yeah. let that thing uh, go. Yeah. So yeah, with with one blow, your your wolfkin companion just drove the spear through the eye of this thing. Hogan. <laughs> and raise the spear in triumph. And pass me your initiative cards so we can get those back okay. in here. Okay. Wilkins gonna look tight on me. Okay, down there, Wolfred. I'll be doing better once I get out of this water. You're walking downwind, by the way. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's let's desperately clamber up the, the side of the bank there. Yeah, so you pull yourself out of the water and you reek. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just just like an open sewer, just foul. And some of it got in your mouth. Uh, it's just, uh, it's bad. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad. But t- so it's like diet soda. <laughs> worse. <laughs> yeah, I think worse. It's Fanta. <laughs> Tab. Ugh. Uh. So, okay, well, now might be a good chance for us to ask you, uh, what are the rules on using the healing skill? That is an excellent question. Uh, so at this point, uh, yeah, or essentially nobody's actually broken. Um, right. Or, uh, you know, or dying as functionally as far as that goes. So at this point, it's going to be, yeah, I think actually do a healing check uh, and... Essentially what, and I will double check this, but make a healing check and you should get back a number of attribute points equal to the number of successes. Okay. Well, I have my attribute, I have my healing skill, and one of the goods that I brought with us is bandages. So I get a plus one gear bonus to healing checks. Now, I'm a, I assume those are not are not one use. No, it just says that's a trade good. Okay. So it's like, it's like a big roll of bandages. Right. It's not like, like D10 bandages or anything like that. Gotcha. I assume that maybe uh, if there's the, uh, what is it, the the Bane, if you push, then maybe you could... Like, you could potentially run, hurt them, yeah. Yeah, run out of gear or something. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could potentially run out of gear, but... Okay, well, I got no successes, so <laughs> let's talk about that pushing. You can push. Push those I'm, bandages. I'm going to push, man. You no ones either? No ones, no. So. <laughs> so you're just middle of the road all yeah, the way? Yeah, just huh? pretty much they were all threes. Okay, that was one success. All right, so... Still no banes, so you get a you get one point of strength back. Okay, and I'm gonna try to do the same for uh for Renier, I think. Oh, for his agility. Can I oh. ask a question? I don't have any points in that skill. Uh-huh. Would I be able to use that skill without having points in it? You can use skills without having points in them. Uh, essentially, it's just attribute plus gear. Attribute plus gear. Yeah. So no skill dice whatsoever. So what'd you get on your uh, heel roll for so, Vulcan? Uh, Wolfred turns to Alkins and uh, unslings one of his pouches and hands it to him and goes, here, while I'm trying to fix myself, I want you to dig in here and uh, pull out. There's going to be a little uh, bottle in there. It's going to be shaped kind of like an alligator egg and have a cork in it. Just pull that out and drink what's in there. But but don't drink anything out of the bottles that are shaped like crocodile eggs because that, that's where I keep my rat poison. Uh, Alkin is going to look at you like, what the hell's a crocodile and what the hell's an alligator? Does it look like a chicken? No, but it kind of tastes like one here. All right. I'll <laughs> find it myself here. And he digs in and finds a little small 
opaque circular vial and says, here, drink that. It'll be, it'll, it's good for what ails you. Smells better than you do. <laughs> Can and, I actually try a heel check on, uh, on Wilfred? Like, I want, oh, I want this big wolf to be like trying to patch him up. I, I would like to try an unskilled check and see how that runs. Well, sure. before we do that, I'll tell you that I actually got three successes on your oh. one point of damage. That's so, great. Like, if I had done that for myself, I would have totally healed myself. And the one that I rolled for you would have totally healed you. So it's just empathy. I don't have any gear. So it's just going to be empathy. Unless I can use my fishing lure. So I'm up. I'm just, no, I'm just kidding. But that would actually be really funny. Now, I will say one thing I'm looking at is it does not say that healing can be used that way. It okay. Essentially, all it says is that it can be used to recover from being broken or critical injuries. And that further recovery is by resting or sleeping. But I'm going to rule that if you can immediately recover... Points in a broken attribute equal to number of successes rolled. I don't see why you couldn't can't do it otherwise. That might need a little bit of clarification or errata because I don't. I may be missing it, but I don't see. It's not explicit in the uh, in the rules that healing can just be straight up used. But I'm going to rule that it is. I got what you're saying. Also, any listeners that find rules that um, we may have missed, feel free to write in to us. And, oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, we'll uh, we're more than happy to take that info. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> or the creator, for that matter. I mean, I'm <laughs> yeah. perfectly willing to, if I am wrong, let me know. Okay, right. I'm going to try and roll for Oh, dear. I, ju- I just wanted to, like, like while you're, you're searching, handing them the egg, he's, like, trying to bandage you up. And he's like, I can do this, too. I bet if I jam some mud in that wound, it'll seal it up. <laughs> he's, oh, he's a wolf. you're cutting off the circulation. He's a wolf. He tries to lick you. <laughs> oh, God. You. I got one six. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Well, uh, actually, that would be enough to recover your other point of strength. That, that's true. <laughs> because since it's someone else making the attempt. I, I can't believe that actually worked. Yeah, he kind of reaches down and, you know, you're, you're, you've done what you can, but your ribs still hurt. He sort of reaches down and, like, palm punches you just under your uh, shoulder blade and you feel something pop. You're like, oh, it actually feels better. I don't know how, but that actually feels better. Old fighter's trick. Actually, I just wanted to punch you. You smell really bad. I was punching going to help. He deserves it. <laughs> I told him not to fall. All right, let's go on. Let's to be fair, he didn't fall. He was pushed. That's <laughs> right. Smacked or yanked or you know, what have you. Onwards you, and uh, upwards. So you step through the main gate. Uh, it's, you know, again, this the, tower is, the towers around you are crumbling and... You know, this place has been in ruin for a long time. But you walk through the gatehouse and around to uh, the, what is now functionally the main hall. Can, uh, I, can I use my survival um, skill to see if we any footsteps or anything like that to track where the other party went? You can give it a shot. Yeah. So survival is wits plus uh, your survival skill, of course. I have three in wits. I'm not a very witty wolf. Or I could say a minor with you. Here we go. Oh, mm-hmm. two successes. Nice. Um, you do see footprints in the the dust and debris. Uh, if you had to guess, it'd be about four people. Mm-hmm. Um, weirdly enough, and these these tracks are very very recent. Um, as you can tell, within the last day or so, uh, they seem to pass straight through the gatehouse and on into the uh, what appears to be the great hall ahead of you. Oddly enough, you see a lot of other footprints, but they're much older. If you 
if you had to guess, weeks older. But they don't leave, they don't appear to actually leave the grounds of the castle. Like, you don't see any outside the, the gate oh. anywhere. But you see a large number of footprints seem to have come out and back they at various points. Just mill around, like, the courtyard and all that. They don't even really seem to mill out. They seem to come out, turn, turn, and go back. But they're, at the, like you said, they seem pretty weeks old. But they're, you know, but they're there. So, Wolfred, there's some footprints, but they don't make much sense. They come out, walk around, and then go back in. What do they do here? Why don't you, why don't you point them out to me? So I'm going to point out the, the two different types of footprints. I'm going to, like, explaining the, the trade patterns and all this. Stuff. Really CSI up for you. Make, make <laughs> you feel like a right <laughs> Muppet. <laughs> yeah, the, the most recent set... Comes in pretty much the same way you did. Um, you see some dried algae. You suspect that maybe they just waited through oh. the through the thing, and I can also lucky enough not. I guess to I can also the... smell the footprints too. Yeah. Like... Um, those footprints pass through the gatehouse. They kind of mill around like, and they've looked at some of the piles of debris and whatnot. But then otherwise, head straight into the uh, into the next area into the great hall. The other footprints appear to come from the great hall. And out into the gatehouse, and then sort of through it and back. So they're walking a marching pattern. That's like a guard's rotation. But again, near as you can tell, these are weeks old. These are old ones, though. That's weird. Is there any place that looks kind of like an armory? Like, or any place that they would keep uh, anything like this special sword? No, not in the gatehouse, no. <laughs> oh, well. What do you say, Wolford? Where are we going next? So you said there's definitely the, the main hall. Is there any other place? Around? From here, no. Essentially, you're in the uh, the gate tower, uh, gatehouse or gatehouse tower, and it leads pretty much immediately to the great hall, which is essentially the first part of the castle proper. Well, it's like our only options are forward and back, and back's never an option. On we go. So Wolfred will draw out his club because that's what he's more proficient in right wolfkin's gonna pull out his sword too and i guess we will go forward well there you have the maiden episode of the fortunes untold podcast forbidden lands playthrough tune in to the next episode to hear more about the mechanics the universe and to see how much trouble alkin and wolfred can get themselves in and out of if you want to hear more or suggest something else we should play please contact us at fortunes untold podcast at gmail.com the fortunes untold facebook or twitter you can also find us on google play or itunes as well as the nerds on our website thank you for listening and roll on